Have you ever watched a whole movie where nothing happens? Yes, actually. Besides the one we watched today? Yes, wow. actually. Okay, was it good? Yeah. Depends on which one we're talking about. This, we had high highs in this movie. High highs. Good, such, good belly such laugh high highs. highs. And then the rest of the movie happened, and that was just not as good. Yeah. You jingle so much. And by you, I mean the Niffler. The Niffler should jingle. He has jewels and gems and shiny things. All right, so do you want to tell the people who we are and what we're doing? Oh, hi, I'm America. There you go. That's James. Yeah, that's me. We watch movies, and then we talk about them. Most of the time, yeah. Because people have encouraged us that this was a good idea. Uh, a bunch of liars. So, that's what we're doing right now. A bunch of silly bastards. This isn't a really good idea. Um, We watched The Secrets of Dumbledore this time, because we have watched... At this point, we can officially say we've watched every single Harry Potter movie on this channel. Yep, every single one. You know what I didn't think I was ever going to do? Watch, Watch every, every single, single Harry, Harry Potter, Potter movie. movie. <laughs> that was never supposed to happen. I was never going to make the journey through this heinous series of films. But here we are at the current end of it. A lot of my notes for this movie are just, I hate J.K. Rowling or what the fuck is happening. Those are most of my notes. I've got a lot of notes, but they're, they're not that mean. I, I think like. I have, like, close to 100 notes. That's a lot. Should well, we get into it? Yeah, let's do that. It's been already, like... It's been a minute of podcast time. A minute of podcast so, time, eight minutes of stream time. So, we watched The Secrets of Dumbledore, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it a little bit. Um, first off, this is the first movie post-Amber Heard ruining Johnny Depp's life. Uh, yeah. So, instead of being sensible... Uh, the knee-jerk reaction from the universe was to kick Johnny Depp in the mouth, fire him from everything, and never let him back in. Because guilty until proven innocent, am I right? Precisely. Now, I'm not going to say it's the right move that they've made, but I have always been and will always be an enormous fan of Mads Mikkelsen. This is the new actor who has replaced Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. And let me tell you, I fuck with Mads Mikkelsen so hard, but it's really hard to believe anything he does in this movie because we've already had the preset of Johnny Depp. Like, I just can't get into it, you know? It's really, really hard to buy Mads Mikkelsen's performance. That's not to say he doesn't do a good job. It's not his fault that his part is incredibly hard to do. We already know what Grindelwald's like. So now he has to do a caricature of Johnny Depp as Grindelwald because he can't start the character over. We're in the middle of the fucking movie series. So any and all notes about Grindelwald in this movie must be thrown out immediately. Because it's not his fault that it's like this. It's just like this. It sucks. I think it was really unfortunate for me, just since we're talking about it right now. Because uh, it is a very drastic change. I made a note that says, I dislike the new Grindelwald, not because he's the new Grindelwald, but they could have done a better job recasting. 
like they just first of all shouldn't have recast it anyways in case you did, couldn't figure out where we stood um but they could have done a better job finding a copy of Johnny Depp there's enough of them out there in the world you could have done a better job it didn't he didn't look the same he didn't sound the same and he didn't do that best to act the same and it was very jarring and like made every scene with Grindelwald in it pretty much forgettable yeah he d- Mads Mikkelsen has a very different gravitas to him as an actor and so to have him in there and Johnny Depp not in there, like the scene just plays differently. And if you've watched the first two Fantastic Beasts movies, then every time Mads Mikkelsen's on scene, you're like, God, I wonder what this would have been like with Johnny Depp because that's who the guy was. I mean, the escape sequence from the last movie mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp, fucking crazy. So much swagger, mm-hmm. so much charisma, even though he doesn't say a fucking word the whole time. Like, Johnny put a masterclass on in his performance. And then Mads Mikkelsen, very talented, very villainous, wonderful actor, love him. He didn't bring the same energy. I don't think it's his fault. I don't. And I also, you know, the different another difference for me is I could believe that Johnny Depp and Jude Law, respectively, as Grindelwald and Albus, could have been in love. Like their Matt chemistry Mikkelsen does not bring that energy. The chemistry between them was like very much, and they never spent like a lot of on screen time, or if any, I can't really remember. It was not much in the last one, but it was like it was enough that I believed both of their performances. And it's not his fault. It's just because we had those set expectations, and you know what? It didn't. This isn't this isn't the first time this has happened in a Harry Potter movie that we've had to recast. Last time it was Dumbledore. But even that transition, which was again jarring because we went from a very old Dumbledore to a much younger Dumbledore. Oh you're younger but still old. Um but even that transition just went by kind of smoothly. This one just felt jarring at best. At and worst, at worst, downright bad. And at worst, completely forgettable. Like, I just basically tuned out most of the Grindelwald scenes. But that's our take on I don't, that. I don't remember <laughs> what the first animation thing was, but it was this big room of fire, and I said it looked cheap and shitty. Well, you're getting ahead of me already. Okay. Because we open up this movie uh, on Dumbledore, which is good because it's... It called The him. Secrets of Dumbledore. We'll get to that in a little while. Um, and we open up on him in this tea room in America. They make it clear because they make a message about can't let the Americans know that they make a good cup of tea. Um, oh, I thought it was muggles. No, it was Americans. Oh. Because uh, we got to get a jab in there at Americans any chance we get in this series. Um, And there was like... A thing in the tea at one point. I couldn't really tell what it was. It was like this little white floating thing. Like I was like, is that a message? What was that? Sugar cube. Was it? I think so. I don't know. It was weird. Um, which led to my first, what the fuck is happening? And most of this movie <laughs> is just really confusing what the fuck is happening. Because they wrote this plot 
like Dumbledore would have written it. And you want to know what Dumbledore's not great at doing? Explaining anything that's happening while it's happening. He's very great at retroactively going, oh yeah. This and this and this. But in the heat of the moment, Dumbledore, why are we doing this? You'll see. <laughs> so that's kind of how this movie was. Um, we have a whole interaction with Grindelwald. The, he, Grindelwald shows up, they have this little chat, and they do something that... Again, it was very jarring. I felt like a lot of this movie was just like... Jarring jolts of stuff, and one of those things was the uh, love plot. So for those of you who are not highly invested in the Harry Potter world, it's been a well-known long-time fact that Grindelwald and Dumbledore were in love. And for everyone that's all up in arms about this movie because of that love story, they're like, it's not needed, blah, blah, blah. I was like, this has literally been a thing since, like, the seventh book came out. Minimal. If not longer. So we all just need to let that go because it wasn't like they did it just for this movie or just for this series or just for this story. Dumbledore's been gay since like 2006. And he and Grindelwald have always been a thing. That being, that being said... Them's the rules. They really did just be all like, I was in love with you. Like, right away. There was no like... And again, I, it's one of those things that I felt would have played differently with Johnny Depp in the room um, because it just it didn't the chemistry just wasn't there. Um, and then we jump straight from love plot into racism. Oh, we, yeah, we did do a, b- a bit of racism. We have to be reminded that this entire fucking movie series and the one previously is basically racism the entire time. Um, classic, classic. Because Grindelwald's there and he starts talking about he's like, we got to make. We got to make them learn their place, blah, blah, blah. And then we jump. Uh, Grindelwald leaves. And the whole scene with Dumbledore ends. With a terrible fire animation. That James apparently was not a fan of. Um, And we jump to Newt. (laughs) Doing actual Newt shit. Out in the wild. He's doing the magic zoologist shit. He's out there with the creatures. Which is so cool. It's great to see Newt actually doing the thing that Newt is good at. And famous for. Like, he is the only magizoologist, and he is outdoing magizoologist things. And that was really cool. And we come up on this creature that we've never seen before, never been in Harry Potter, which is... A um, chillin'. A chillin', spelled Q-I-L-I-N. Which is some of the silliest shit. And the only reason we know that's how it's spelled is because we have subtitles on when we watch these movies. Now... Unfortunately. If you do not have the subtitles on... You have no idea how this animal's name is spelled. And that is so funny to me because it is spelled Q-I-L-I-N. And if you were to show me that instead of say that to me, I would go a killin? Quillin. A kylin? Chillin. What the fuck? No, it's a chillin. You know, when Q makes the C-H sound, I hate everyone. Um, the chillin. And we've never seen this in the Harry Potter world as of yet, which uh, is a common other theme that really pissed me off about this movie. I'm going to get on my Harry Potter high horse for a second. Here we go. Let's get it. We really need to stop introducing things to the Harry Potter universe in the past. (laughs) 
when we have movies about the future, and I'm going to tell you why, because it makes everything really muddy, and it makes the future movies not make so much sense. So we really got to stop retroactively <laughs> editing shit. We got to stop the George Lucas train before we really get far and we get into, like, we jump from the, like, future to the past to the way future. Like, we got to stop before we get to... Before it gets too convoluted. Before The Force Awakens. Like, we got to... We gotta stop before we get there. Otherwise, it's gonna be really shitty and everyone's gonna be really, 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 really mad, even more so than they were about the prequels. That's kind of the room we're in right now. We're in prequel territory. Some people like them, some people hate them. A lot of the true fans have a lot of things to say. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. Um, so yeah, we meet this new creature. And then the movie gets really sad for a really long time. Because these uh, Grindelwald's cronies show up and start, they kill... They kill the adult chillin'. Yeah, because the, the the reason Newt was there is because the mom was giving birth. And so he was there to, like, facilitate that and help that and rescue the... Because the chillins are apparently, like, very sought-after creatures and very important to the magical world, which you would think we would have heard of sometime before that. Anyways, um... So they show up to kidnap the babies. Or murder them, we're not sure. They super kill the mom. And they stun Newt, and... Well, they do try to murder him for, like, ten minutes. They, yeah, they try to murder him, they end up stunning him, he washes up on the shore, they kidnap the baby, and... It took me, like, almost all of this scene to realize that Credence was there doing Yeah, the I didn't see Credence because I didn't realize he had long he, hair now. He was there from the beginning, but had no idea because long hair. I was, I was looking for my bowl cut. Really into the bull cuts recently. We got Will and Stranger Things. We got Credent. Like, I need my bull cuts to recognize you, and I can't do it if you don't have it. Yeah. Um, if Will changes his hair in the next season, I'm not going to know who he is. Uh, and one thing that we see in this sequence of Newt trying to run away, he loses his briefcase, and then he whistles, and the briefcase grows legs, or a creature pops its legs out of the briefcase, and the briefcase starts running. And I was like, why have we... How did we do two movies without that? You not used this creature in the briefcase all the other times the briefcase was lost. Do you, you, we could have not had the rest of these movies. You could make a case to me that at one point Newt, in between movies, found a creature and then trained it to do this. Because of all the times he'd lost his briefcase? Sure. I was thinking about that. But I would prefer that you just drop a note about that. Like, And you've got the perfect character to do it. And you've got a beautiful soul called Jacob Kowalski. Just have it sprout legs at one point and Jacob see it and go, did it always do that? And then Newt makes like some comments about how, no, he found this Bridgenese pierogi or whatever. And that's the fucking, a pierogi is a sandwich, by the way. I think it's a sandwich. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a sandwich. Is it a sandwich? Is it a sandwich? Keep going. Anyways, it's a magic sandwich with legs and it's in the briefcase. And that, you know, that would be, that would be more than enough. Well, you could have an endless list of silly things that it could be. That would make more sense than just doing it and not saying anything about it. That's so stupid. You could even do it with, like, a conversation if we didn't want to use it for Jacob, since he's got a lot going on in his own plot, like, with the side character Bundy, who's literally just there to facilitate animal shit. Yeah, she's really just there to be a Newt bitch. And Newt, and she could be like, Newt, are you okay? Because she was all obviously in love with Newt, and she, he's yeah. like, yeah, the thing that we developed, like, the animal we trained, it worked, like, the briefcase, like, like they could have had a conversation about it, too. There were a lot of ways where we could have really addressed this fact that the briefcase just does this thing now, and we didn't. No, we just ignored that. 
Um, and then... It turns out... I don't know where you're going. Oh, back to the chillin'. Okay. You first. You have more notes than I do. Um, I'll follow your lead this time. Yeah, Newt get, this is a very traumatizing start to a wizarding movie for me. Probably the most traumatizing because we get the we get animal murder, animal kidnapping, and then the mom turns out had twins. There were two babies, and Grindelwald only knew of one. So now Newt has one. Grindelwald has one. This is the entire plot of the movie based on these two twin chillins. Um, and then the mom dies while Newt holds the baby. And Sad. It, it's a, like, this is like a really depressing start to the movie. I'm glad that there was lots of other comedy bits in this, because otherwise it's going to be a rough time. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, the creature, Newt ends up passing out because he almost drowned and was, like, stunned and had a lot of shit going on. So, he's holding the Quillen and then Chillin'. Ch- Chillin', sorry. He's holding. That's going to happen a lot. I was reading it. He's holding the chillin', and then Newt's animals apparently give are a fuck about him. So well trained that they can basically just operate on their own. So Pick gets his glasses, which Pick has glasses? Question mark. Never seen that till this movie. Another question. It's really funny and adorable, and he only has them for this scene. Yeah, and he only ever uses them just to look at the chillin', and he's like, "It's really cute." Pick's one of my favorites, but <sighs> what a silly thing! It was just what so a silly random. Thing. This whole um, movie is just like a string of silly things. And then, so, uh, Teddy. Which is our Niffler. Which we finally get a name for after three movies. Teddy the Niffler. It's a good name. Teddy hops in the case, gets this other creature who is a big giant bird thing who s- flies Newt and the chillin' and the briefcase away. away. Yeah, they just fly off into the sunrise. Um, I think. And then we smash cut to Grindelwald, and this is where we find out that Credence was there the whole time. Uh, and my first note about that was, Credence, please cut your hair. It doesn't have to be a bowl cut, but the... It's so long. The Adam trees. Driver look is not going well for you, my man. It's not... It doesn't work for you like it works for him. Oh, I thought it was fine. I didn't like it. Okay. That's, I mean, preference. I thought it was... I thought it looked fine. I wonder why. Shut up. Quiet, you. Um. Gosh. And then, uh. Grindelwald I... takes the chillin'. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like, oh, yes, it can show you many things. It's like 100% pure. And then just slices its throat. Just kills it to death right there. Sees a magic vision in the blood. And I'm very upset by this point in the movie because I've watched like two chillins have died inside ch- of twenty minutes. It was really upsetting. And the mom cried when she died. It was upset. Oh, it was yeah. sad. A pretend animal tear. Rough. Rough to sit through. That's not a sarcastic comment. That was painful. It hurt me on my insides. Sounded sarcastic. I know it sounded sarcastic, but that's the way I speak. Uh, and then we smash cut. To Aberforth. Who's doing bartending. But kind of. He, he owns and operates this inn, I presume. Uh, yes, it's in the original series, too. You, the Hogshead 
Bar is what it's called. It's where, in Hogsmeade, right? Yeah, in Hogsmeade. It's where they uh, have the original meeting for Dumbledore's army. Right, right, right. Um, and where they like go hide out when we've they been, come back. Yeah, we've and, been there a couple we've times. We've been there a few times. Um, and Theseus and Newt are there. And uh, Aberforth, in case you didn't know, this mm. is this is your sign that Aberforth has been and always will be an entire complete asshole. A, he's just a dickhole. He is absolutely the worst. And he, he, for good reason. He hates everyone and everything, and it makes sense. And if you grew up being Dumbledore, or Albus Dumbledore's brother, I... probably hate him, too. I, too, would probably be a bitter old asshole. But, um... So, Newt and Theseus are there to meet Albus. Um, Because if we start saying Dumbledore in this movie, it's going to get really confusing really fast. True. So, they're there to meet Albus, so they go upstairs. um, And they're talking about the blood pact and, like, what that means. How it works. Theseus goes, so what happens if you try to move against Grindelwald? Because as we know, like... Grindelwald, or Gellert, Grindelwald, and Albus cannot fight because they made the blood pact back when they were in love, so neither of them can make a move against each other. And in this conversation, after Theseus asks that, he's like, well, what happens if you make a move against Grindelwald? Dumbledore goes, it's so pretty, isn't it? And I just screamed out loud. I was like, that wasn't an answer, sir. That wasn't anywhere close to an answer. Uh, he eventually goes on to, like, show what it would do, but it was such a Dumbledore move to be, like, have someone ask him a very direct question and him just be like, look Here's at the, a metaphor. Look at the shiny thing. Isn't it pretty? Um, so. And it is pretty. It's a nice pendant. It's very pretty. I'm going to fix something really well, What quickly. you doing? Fiddling around with stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's live editing. We're fiddling around with stuff. I can't find the thing I'm looking. There it is. Oh, you're, like, inside the desk. Oh, it's dark now. I was really shiny and I didn't like it. Oh, well, that's what happens when the light is bright. All right. Um, that being said, uh, so then we see what happens if Gr- if Dumbledore even thinks about moving on Grindelwald, which leads me to a lot more questions at the end of this movie, but we'll get there. Um, and it basically starts to, like, strangle him. And the chain is... the ch- First of all, this is the longest and most confusing chain of all time because... He keeps it wrapped around his forearm and his hand, and the pendant is there, right? And that that's there. Also, you can see there's no more chain. But also, as soon as he even considers moving on Grindelwald, the chain that doesn't exist wraps itself around his neck and starts strangling him. I don't know how or it, where like, it came from. It extends and, like, loops up his arm and, like, tries to attack him. But also, it tries to rip his hand off. It just, like, starts growing and tightening, I think, is the idea. I'm not saying it's a dumb idea, but nothing in the wizarding world has been a good idea yet. So, uh, terrible. Uh, It also, the pendant tries to get out, and it just starts chewing a hole in the wall. I think it was trying to put those two in that, like, dome world thing where they eventually faced off for the shortest of all battles. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it couldn't get to Grindelwald because there was, like, a wall. And many, many miles in between the Thousands two of them. Thousands even. So, yeah. Um, Smash cut to Jacob. 
Not after yet. it stops trying to kill him. Not yet. Oh. Smash goes back to Grindelwald's place, uh, where we get another scene with Credence. Um, oh, I did not make a note about this scene, but yeah, there is this scene. Credence is still fucking weird as all get out. He's so weird. Like, he literally cannot be normal. Ezra Miller did not... I'm convinced Ezra Miller did not get any direction in this role. And now we know Ezra Miller's having a bad time in real life right now. He's being an insane person. He's uh, literally lost his he, mind. He did a really good job. Everyone loved The Flash. I never watched it, but everyone talks so highly of it. And he plays The Flash. The Flash movie hasn't come out yet. No, no, in the show. He's not in the show. I thought he was in the show. No. I thought he was the Flash in the show. No. What the fucking... What? No. That... No. No. No, 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 no. You're gonna question my knowledge with my brother who's obsessed with the Flash? Let's see. He's been the Flash. He's been the Flash. For some time. In the uh, Justice League movie and the DCEU. And also Suicide Squad. Yeah, he's just been the guy. He's been the guy. But he was not in the TV show. Well, what the fuck is the point of that? That's dumb. We haven't seen the Flash movie yet, and we will never see the Flash movie because Ezra Miller's fucking lost his fucking mind. And all I hear about from my brother is how he's never going to get to see that movie, which was a shame. He was a good Barry Allen. 10 out of 10 on the Flash. Good actor for Credence, too. But, um, yeah. I don't know how we ended up here with you searching. I don't, I don't know. I. You were talking about... I don't know. He's just so fucking bad. This whole movie sucks. This movie sucks. It's written poorly. There's five good things in it. That is not what you said while we were watching it. It's very entertaining, but it's em- there's nothing in it. It's you empty. said this isn't even a bad movie. That's what were your exact words, sir. Don't get frustrated because I proved you wrong and get all sulky in the corner over there. This movie sucks. No, you can't take it back just because you're grumpy now. Sit up and give your notes. Credence is fucking weird, and then Queenie is also there, and she's reporting basically to Grindelwald on the things that are in Credence's head. Um... And I just, it's just frustrating because I really liked Queenie in the first movie. And it's really frustrating to just see, like, them take her character downhill a little bit. They, like, they took a character that was fun and interesting and then put him on the bad guy team for the sake of plot. And it made the character less. Yeah. There's less interactions, there's less fun, there's less interesting conversations and comments, and it's just bleh. It's bleh. They also just changed her hair to white to make her, like, look more evil, and it was annoying. Her hair is a paler shade of blonde. It's like a platinum blonde. And later on in the movie, it goes back to, like, her honey blonde, but that was why I knew it was, like, a motif for, like, her character being on the dark side, because it changed back at the end of the movie. You can't have normal hair and be a bad guy. Um... Duh. And then we smash cut to Jacob. All right, here's where my notes happen. And Jacob is having a bad time. He's sad and alone and hallucinating in his little bakery. Yeah. And then a much better character than Tina Goldstein arrives. I love her. This is a character called Lally. And he sets up the... She sets up this whole interaction to get Jacob to come out of his store. And 
I fucking love Jacob because he is such a gentleman. He walks up to these dudes that are harassing a lady and he's like, that hey. is a lady. You knock it off. And and then he goes, I'll let you get the first punch. And then does not get punched because Lally set the whole thing up and fucking Azuba Kadubu's uh, her homie named Frank, I think. Is his name Frank? Something, and his cousin or her cousin's there. And what? It's, a, yeah, it's a whole thing. She just needed guys to look scary, and then she makes them not hit Jacob in the face. And then she convinces Jacob that he's got to come help out again, and Jacob just wants to get out of the wizarding world. It really didn't take very much convincing. Because Jacob also, deep down, just wants to be part of the wizarding world. <laughs> Jacob just wants to have fun. Um... And at all times in this interaction, he behaves exceedingly normally. Which is to be so aware of the wizarding world, but every time it happens around you, you go, ah, because it's not normal, but it is normal. And so all the time, like, they appear behind him, he goes, ah, and it's, just, it's so funny. He's so perfect. He just, just does such a good job being a muggle in a wizard world. I would like a whole movie dedicated to just Jacob Kowalski. Don't put more plot in it. Who fucking cares about Dumbledore or the other Dumbledore or the other Dumbledore? I don't want to hear fuck all about Harry Potter. I don't want to go to Hogwarts. I just want to see Jacob Kowalski do muggle shit in a wizarding world and have it be normal. Because that would be the funniest movie ever. And we deserve a comedy. In these trying times. We then, after Jacob agrees, take a quote-unquote port key to meet up with Newt. And I have several things. I have several <laughs> notes. <laughs> and uh, here's my Harry Potter soapbox again. Let me step up on here as a Wizarding World fanatic. That's not how a fucking port key works. How's a port key work? You touch the thing. Yep. And you go. And you basically teleport to another location and if you let go too early you basically drop as we saw in Goblet of Fire when we learned how port keys work. Right. Port keys do not turn magically into flu powder mid-travel and if there was another scene where Jacob and Lally, Lally got to a fireplace and then met up with Newt, we didn't see that so I'm just basing off what the movie told us which basically essentially implied that A, the port key swirls around you and then teleports you like you're apparating. Mm -hmm. And then you go into a fireplace and pop out there. Or it just it it's it a port key should work like the port keys have always worked, and we really Need to stop making up shit. Well, no, that would be silly. We shouldn't have the port keys work the way the port keys have always worked. What's the point in that? Consistency That's... and storytelling? No, just yada yada. We've got magic. Okay, but the magic we have right now, quote unquote, special effects and technology and CGI, is more advanced than the technology we had when we made the original trilogy. It's true. Bunty's there, along with the rest of the people that are going to make this plot and movie and con convoluted plan of Dumbledore's happen, which is Theseus, Newt, Bunty, Jacob, Lolly, and Yusuf. 
Yusuf Kama. Cool guy. Cool guy, Yusuf Kama. Who is a stone-faced motherfucker. That guy... Didn't have a dude, single dude, emotion here's, here's the entire the direction, movie. Here's the direction David Yates gave when Yusuf showed up on set, when my, my boy Yusuf showed up on set. He was like, all right, here's what I need you to do. For the whole movie, all I want from you is poker face. No matter what the other people's lines are. No matter what your lines time, are. At all times, poker face. If something good happens, poker face. If something bad happens, poker face. At no point are you to showcase even a shred of human emotion. You are a stone wall, and you will remain as such. Your character that was all hot and bent on revenge in the last movie, we're done with that. We've banished that to the shadow realm. You're a new man, and you hate everything. And therefore, you will not showcase any emotion. And you know what? We needed a stone-cold killer in this movie, and we got him. We got Yusuf Kama. That guy, stone cold. No emotions. Not an ounce. Oh shit, I lost my place. Are you good? Stop mean mugging the camera. All right. Podcast uh, doesn't know that you're mean mugging the camera. Uh, so I wrote before I knew. I was like, why are we all here? What is happening? And this whole plot of Dumbledore's, this whole grand plan starts off with giving Jacob a wand. It's not a real wand, but it, it's a kind of wand. It can do tiny magic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tiny magic. Like, it has a limited number of spells and a limited number of spell slots per day. It's basically the way I look at it, because they didn't say that it was like you won't get to. Uh, it, they really yada yada it. But the way I sort of made it make sense in my head was this. It's a wand. They mention it doesn't have a core in it per se, but it's a wand that basically does cantrips. If you know anything about D&D, you know cantrips are spells that don't take spell slots. You can do them an unlimited amount of times, and you can make some of them quite powerful. A lot of them are extremely useful tools. Basically, he's got a wand that does some things, but... It's nowhere near the level of magic that, oh, I don't know, a wizard would have. Someone right? with actual wizarding abilities. Right. So, you know, that this is now entrusted to the greatest character in all of these movies, Jacob Kowalski. I wrote after Jacob got the wand that Jacob deserves everything. Because I, too, like James, do like Jacob. He drank some more giggle liquor. And all that was great. A nice callback to the first movie where everyone fell in love with him. And also... Uh, I, I made a note that his pan that he carried with him for, like, the first half of the movie was going to be really important, and it never ended up being important, which is a real shame. I no, thought it was going to be helpful. He carried it around, and then he got, Newt was like, here, a wand, and he was like, fuck this thing, and, <laughs> and grabbed that's, the wand. That's fair. But the I, I also made a note around there that every moment, or every second that I don't have to see Tina Goldstein on screen is the best second of the movie. Um, Because I we hadn't seen Tina up to this point. You don't see her except for like five minutes. It's, it's fucking great. This arguably should be, for me, the best of the movies, but the plot was so not real that it's not the best of the movies, which is a shock. I don't know if it'll be this movie, but I'm putting it out there on record for the rest of y'all to hear. I trust Theseus. None. Not an ounce. I don't know why. 
but I know that death of Lita Lestrange it bothered him. is going to come back to haunt his ass. I miss Lita Lestrange. She was cool. Um, And part of Dumbledore's, the other part of Dumbledore's plan is to give Theseus a tie that he has to wear while he goes and does his thing, which actually turns out to be a very important thing. Bunty gets a note. Bunty gets a note that's for her eyes only and then just takes Newt's briefcase. Yep. And Newt is very upset about this, actually, and he does not make it, like, a secret that he is, like, he, like, reluctantly, like, try- doesn't want to hand it over. And she's like, even you can't know everything and, like, takes it. Because the whole thing is, like, Dumbledore's got this plan to save the world from Grindelwald. But, <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> hmm. He needs this group of people to do stuff, and he needs them to not know what all of the plan is. Because Grindelwald can see bits and pieces of the future. So, if you're a Twilight fan, you know the best way to disguise people that can see the future and keep things hidden is to have multiple plans going on at one time and only one of them be the real plan. The funniest thing of that, though, is that, like, the whole thing, it's just subterfuge. It's just classic subterfuge. It's... There's not anything unique or special about what is going on other than it's fancy and sparkly because magic. This is just a spy movie. It's just, that's all it is. This is a spy movie in the wizarding world. And it's, they, I would wager they could have gotten a better spy movie out of a spy movie director and not David Yates. Although David Yates is the classic uh, wizarding world director. So He also did an incredible job. He did fine. Um, very fine. I, too, am very stressed about Newt's briefcase. Because yep. anytime Newt's briefcase is not with Newt, He's it does not bitch. bode well for anyone. He's not very good without his creatures to come to his aid. I'll just say. Um, And then we jump cut to everyone going and doing the dep- uh, different plans. And the first group we follow is Lolly and Jacob. Kowalski. And uh, I think Newt and Theseus are also there. But m- the main reason I have this note is because there's a poster of Grindelwald, like, wanted on the pillar th- where they pop out. Everyone's walking away. And then Lolly, who is pretty much there to just make sure Jacob doesn't die. That's, like, her whole role in this movie. Like, yeah, it kind of does feel like that. Um, I feel like that's why the character was created, actually, is just so they could have someone as a plot device to make sure that Jacob could be in the movie. It wasn't too unbelievable that he didn't die multiple times. Yeah. Um, but Jacob is looking at the poster and that's why he's distracted and doesn't notice everybody walk away. And I made a funny haha note. Cause I was like, Jacob is looking at that poster thinking, why does this motherfucker look so different? <laughs> like That would be the funniest note for Kowalski to bring up is like, that looks like a different guy. Is it just me? Or is that a different guy? I feel like that would have been a really, if they weren't, like, trying to, like, tuck Johnny Depp under the rug at the moment, that would have been a really fun, like, say he had left of his own accord or something Mm. like that, that would have been a really funny note for the movie to put in there, be like, he looked different to you, he looks different to me, like, and then have, like, all the rest of the cast just be like, no, 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 he's fine, (laughs) like, he's always looked like that, um, and we find out that we are in the German, we're in Germany, and we're going into the German wizarding world. Please jump in if I'm 
stepping over no anything. i don't get i don't have another note until we get to uh the embassy the embassy where there's actual racism against a black character okay um so this as we're entering the german wizarding world all i could think of is like you know if you asked me what i thought the german wizarding world was going to look like Pretty much exactly what I think the Wizarding World would look like in Germany. It's very German. It's, it's very extremely German. German. It's just neat rows. It's functional. It's clean, pristine. It's very with just a hint German. of like regime in there. Like a just hint. a hint, just a sprinkling here or there. A hint. Um. And I kept writing, I don't trust this person, I don't trust this person, as we're walking through and meeting all these officials and blah, blah, blah. And then I just finally ended up writing, I trust no one in this movie series. Also, is it is it just me, or is this the first time we've ever learned about the Confederation of Wizards and there being one leader of the Wizarding World? Oh, no, I get there. Okay. Oh, don't worry. Okay. Oh, I have a Harry Potter soapbox moment coming up in oh, a couple that's, notes. That's fucking good. I'm excited about that. Um, we start the speech at the German embassy, and we kind of figure out why we're there. Because, again, this movie... Oh, Newt has to give the... He has to give the message to Vogel. Well, yeah, he's, we're there to give the message to Vogel, but I didn't really have any notes about that scene. Um, well, it's plot relevant. Yeah, but I didn't really have any... Do you want to talk about it? Well, I mean, it's just to keep it making sense. The, it, Newt has to tell Vogel from Dumbledore to... Do the right thing, not the easy thing. That's the message. And then Which is a classic standard Dumbledore line. He's given it before. Yeah. We played a lot of the Dumbledore line hits in this movie. Hey, we gotta play the hits, man. We're in the past. You just gotta play the hits. You just gotta play the hits. Except back then they were just like new. You just gotta play the hits. Um so yeah. He gives him the note, and then we jump to the speech. And what we're there to find out is whether or not Grindelwald has been declared innocent yeah. of his crimes or convicted of his crimes. Yeah. So whether he's wanted or not wanted, basically. Um, And so that we start the speech with this lady who takes her cup she and taps it so many times. She clinks that motherfucker a thousand times. And I, I was, I literally counted, and I was like, that was ten too many taps. We also I, skipped way past my shit about the racism. Well, you, I told you to jump in. I, I didn't know where we were at any point in time. Well, if uh, you were uh, paying attention, I maybe. am paying attention. Mm -hmm. Where is this hair? Okay. Uh, they walk through, and so we bring Theseus to this embassy. Prior to the speech, because we need a... He's the head of the English or office or whatever. We need an in. We need a guy. We need a politics guy, right? So we get our politics guy, and we're going through, and the security stops Lally, who is black, and Jacob, who is short. I thought it was because he was a muggle. Well, they don't know that. And... I mean, do they? Do wizards just know if someone's a muggle by looking at them? You surely cannot. That cannot be a thing. Is that a thing? Is that a thing that that insane author wrote? Did I don't you, know. That, that would be the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. I cannot answer 
One way or another. Anyways, security stops them, and it's the first time, like, we're in between world wars here. We're in between World War One and World War Two. We're 15 years, no, Hitler rose to power in the 30s. We're five, six years away from Hitler. So it's about this time that there should just be an inordinate amount of racism across Europe and North America towards people of African descent. So I've been wondering, especially since we had Yusuf Kama in the movie last movie and no one said a word, muggle or wizard wise. of Makuza is of African-American descent. Yeah, that didn't track for me. Because, like, they make the world's parallel. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do that and to make, you know, give diversity roles out. I don't think it's a bad thing to do. I think it's important. But if you're going to reflect a time period that did exist and you want to reflect society in that time period that did exist, you're either going to live up to the questionable history of that time period because we've only gotten better as a society. We have not regressed as much as people think we have. Or, I said as much, or you just throw all of it out the window and cast it the way you feel like. Rick Riordan. And so in, Jesus, (laughs) in this instance, we've just thrown it out the window and cast it the way we feel like. Because in 1920s America... If you think for one minute that someone who wasn't white was going to get elected to a position of that stature, you're an insane. You're insane. There was a fucked up time. There was a fucked up way that people were behaving and operating. And if you're not going to showcase the fact that it was fucked up and questionable and make a statement about it, then you're doing yourself kind of a disservice on the history of it. But also, this movie was made by the English, so fuck them, right? They don't know what's going on. Wow. Fuck them. Um, and this is a scene, like James mentioned, where we find out that there is someone who runs over the whole wizarding world, apparently. <laughs> Just surprise. <laughs> like, ah! I was scrounging my brain. I was like, any mention, any mention of it, <laughs> any mention. Like, I was trying to think, I was like, did Dumbledore say something? Was it made clear, like, in the ministry scenes? Like, I was really searching. Like, I was scrounging my brain something in this series something in the harry potter series books pottermore like i was trying to think of any fucking mention of this they also don't mention what the name of the office is until the end of the movie like they don't say what his title is until the end of the movie (laughs) they don't even say what the government is i would like to say This is fucking stupid. You cannot <laughs> you cannot change the entire rules the society is based on at a whim. I fucking hate JK Rowling. And so for a lot wild, of reasons. Wild. For a lot of reasons. Number one being how phobic she is to many things. That's a lot of things. Number two being, because she took this world that I loved, that was very concrete, was very, had a set amount of rules, had a set 
society, like, was very well understood. And she took it, and first she wrote Cursed Child, which... Lol, oops. Literally was a canon nightmare. And then she's like, it's canon, and the rest of the Harry Potter universe was like, that's not possible, based on all the rules you've previously given us. And then she did it with this movie, because in case you don't know, J.K. Rowling writes these movies. She is not the main writer, but she is highly involved in the writing She's process. listed as one of two screenwriters. So. Is she given credit as a screenwriter? Yes. It's like her and one other dude. She's writing these movies. She's helping produce these movies. And she is taking this world and taking these this set amount of characters and rules and society and this thing that we all understood forwards and backwards because we're fucking nerds. And she's taking it and she's not only dragging it through the mud, she's just taking pieces of it and going, yeah, don't need that. Throw this in here instead. Like I said, phobic, not phobia, like transphobic. Um, Which is a same thing, but different. Sorry, I was responding to chat. Um, She has, and she will, and this is why I said at the beginning, we have got to stop this before it gets too far. We've got to stop making shit up. We've got to stop retroactively doing things. We've got to stop changing the way things work that we know how they work or this thing that we love is going to die and it'll be as much of a laughing stock as star wars is now and It'd be pretty embarrassing honestly to have something this epic and this is kind of where we're going to wrap up episode one to have something this epic and this amazing and this huge world that you've created that people people know their Hogwarts houses and not their blood types. Like I, I knew my Hogwarts house and not my blood type. I also did until very recently. A positive, in case anyone's wondering. Um, you're going to take this thing that people are so ingrained into people and so ingrained into their lives and so ingrained into like culture nowadays. Everybody knows who Harry Potter is. Like it or not, you do. And you're going to kill it. Oh, yeah. I'd argue it's almost dead. It's it's getting there. You know what I found out on my little dive in IMDb right now? Hmm. The additional screenwriter is the same guy who worked with Rowling on every other Harry Potter movie. Mm-hmm. So these movies are... Directly written by the same people who wrote the original seven. You'd think it'd be easier to keep track of fucking continuity at this point. Oh, no. Also, everything else that this guy's written is terrible. And he's from Austin. Huh. So she's working with an American who's bad. The more you know. But. (laughs) God. You would think. And I've made this note about someone who I just coughed his name out earlier. But you would think Good old Rick. that if you made something 
And this is not just about the two of them. It's about every author who sells the rights away to their thing. You would think that if you made something, you would want it... To be consistent. To be consistent. If you make this world and you know the rules of this world, you would want to preserve that and make... I mean, you can never make a full fandom happy. It's just impossible. Bitchy people be bitchy. But I wouldn't in good faith and like be happy with myself if I was just throwing all the world building that I worked years of my life on 20 like 20 plus years going on 30 of my life on to just throw that away and start Doing fucking batshit crazy stuff with it. I just... Maybe maybe J.K. Rowling found drugs. It just doesn't... Maybe she started doing mushrooms. It's... What if it was like this? Like, even if it's a cash grab, like, it's so easy when you wrote the fucking world to keep it consistent. It's not like the Star Wars, the last Star Wars trilogy where we're switching directors and switching writers and it's all getting muddied and the whole plot got thrown to shit because we messed everything up because we were switching people. Your team is the same. You had the same fucking people. Your director's the same, the writers are the same. Like, it, it's not that fucking hard. Good golly, dude. Anyways, that's where we're going to end episode one. I'm going to try to speed through some more of my notes because we only got through like the first 30 minutes of this two. Two, two hour and 22 minute movie. So. Also, everyone just speaks English no matter where they are. We got to suspend our disbelief on some things. <laughs> Not Whatever. on the rules of a magical universe, believe me, but on the fact that people speak English. Everyone, like, you can't take everyone to Germany and expect me to believe that every German there is just speaking English in the early 20s. It's the early... Fucking no. 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 It's a disservice to history. The whole movie is a disservice to history. Disservice to history in the real world and a disservice to history in the wizarding world. Good day. We'll see you in part two. Fuck me.